Hall and Wilcox acknowledges the traditional custodians of the lands on which this podcast is recorded. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and to all First Nations people joining us today. Hello and welcome to our last episode in this season of our Living the Law Grad Life podcast. My name is Ariana. My name is Sean and we are your hosts for this podcast. Today, we are delighted to be joined by three of our fellow graduates and friends, Isabella Emmanuel, Stephanie Malamas, and Victor Yeo. Our guests are delighted to join us in answering the burning questions we've been sent in by our listeners. Welcome, everyone. We're excited to have you on the podcast. Before we get started, we thought our guests could introduce themselves to our listeners. Hi, everyone. I'm Izzy. I clapped at the firm in winter 2022 before becoming a paralegal in the general insurance team down here in Melbourne. And now I'm a grad in the Melbourne office. Hi, everyone. I'm Steph. I started as a paralegal in the general insurance team last year. I am now a grad also based in the Melbourne office. Hi, everyone. I'm Victor and I work in the Brisbane office with Sean. Let's start with you, Steph and Izzy. What would you say are the main differences between being a clerk or a paralegal and a grad? And how has the responsibility changed since you joined the program? Yeah, so I think for me, having started the clerkship program, I think the main difference um, when becoming a grad is probably you get more complex tasks and increased responsibility. I think while that can be challenging, I think a lot of us suffer from, you know, imposter syndrome and perfectionism and feelings of self-doubt. I think the best part about being a part of the grad program is you're so heavily supported. And I think despite its challenges, um, it's actually exceptionally rewarding in terms of your constantly learning new things, you're constantly getting feedback and in trying to improve. And I think, yeah, while I learned so much in my clerkship, I've just learnt an exponential amount throughout my entire graduate program. So yeah, I think that's probably one of the main differences. I don't know about you, Steph, but in your journey to becoming a grad, but that was certainly my journey from Clark to grad. Yep. So I started off as a paralegal in the general insurance team in the motor vehicle practice. And that really set me up in how to run files and managing time and expectations. I would say there is a major difference between doing that and the grad program. Um, that's like Izzy mentioned, complexity of the tasks are different. You're working with more partners one-on-one and getting to see everyone's different styles. I would also say the social side of things are very different and you're given so many opportunities to get involved in different aspects of the firm, whether it's pro bono, different committees, um, different events you go to. So they would be the main differences. And with that and with the different, the nature of the tasks being different, the responsibility does change. Like Izzy said, though, you are supported so much and you're not, you're not expected to know everything at all. Um, you're just expected to give everything a go and have an open mind and a good attitude coming to work every day. Thank you both. I think that's really accurate and it reflects my experience in the grad program. I think, Sean, you probably would agree with me as well, but the responsibility grows, but the support is also there, which is really important. What would you say has been the most challenging and rewarding part about being a grad at Holland Wilcox? Perhaps we can start with you, Victor. Yeah, so prior to joining Holland Wilcox, I I didn't clerk or paralegal, so straight into the grad program. I would say adapting and learning to the processes, the workflow, and 
just, I would say, in my experience, complexity of the matters that we deal with be the most challenging bits. But like what Izzy and Steph said, you get a very supportive network of people who want to see you be successful. So I wouldn't be too worried if you want to join us a grad. But on the same side, in terms of rewarding, I think when you overcome your um, your I don't know your imposter syndromes, um, and you just be more confident in yourself. For example, you know taking matters into your own hands. So I think if you're in GI and you're handling MV matters, you'd probably feel very overwhelmed uh, at the start. But as you work through it, I think you build that confidence in yourself and that's a pretty rewarding uh, bit of the job. For me, one of the most challenging things I think would be just managing tasks day to day. Um, you are given, as we've mentioned, a lot more complex tasks and competing priorities. And so just being able to manage that and even just sitting down with someone, whether that's your mentor or buddy, and just working out, okay, what's urgent, what's not. Um, every team is different, whether it's litigation or transactional team. So the, the volume of work may be different and just moving through different teams and being able to best manage that and manage your stress in that has been a learning curve. And I think constantly that's the nature of the job and will be a constant work in progress. In saying that, you're, like we've said, you are very much supported, but a really rewarding part for me would be seeing how people work. And I really, I personally really love going and having that client interaction and just seeing how each lawyer, whether they're junior or senior, just interacts with them and being able to pick up different styles from different people throughout the rotation and create that into the type of lawyer that I would like to be. I completely echo exactly what Victor and Steph have said. I, I can't really, you know, add much more to it apart from the fact that it's really important to remember as a grad that we're all here to learn and everyone is out to make you the best lawyer that you can possibly be and it's okay to be vulnerable it's okay to ask questions and I think just having a sense of curiosity um, and interest in wanting to get as much out of every rotation as possible is kind of the best way to approach your grad year. And with that Steph would you be able to comment on the best way to get an entry-level position with the firm? Yep so I became a paralegal. So I didn't go through the clerkship process. I became a paralegal last year through the firm. I actually did my PLT prior to the grad program. And through my PLT, there was an advertisement as a, for a paralegal position in the insurance team. In saying that, networking, 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 it's key. Um, whether that's through uni or people just having conversations with different people you don't know who you might bump into and Izzy and I were actually talking about this yesterday um, this is just general speaking get involved in as many committees that you can speak to different people volunteer to different um, with different organizations and expose yourself as much as you can yeah, definitely. I think it's hilarious that Steph and I were literally talking about this just yesterday. I was explaining I'd been on holidays uh, in 2021 and I had 
didn't realise that the person I was talking to was a partner at a different firm and we were just having a random conversation. We just happened to bump into each other and she's like, what do you study? I was like, I studied law. And I was like, I'm about to make this move to Melbourne and, you know, I'm looking for a job. And I had no idea that she was a lawyer during this entire conversation. I was just, you know, kind of, she was a person that was kind of outside of my circle. Anyway, she's like, oh, I have a friend down in Melbourne who's looking for a paralegal. Like, do you want me to put you in touch? And I was completely, I wasn't at a networking event. I wasn't at a uni related event. I was just on like holidays and I randomly had this connection to someone and all of a sudden I was finding myself in an interview a couple of weeks later. So you literally never know when a door will open. I think it's just you know, everyone talks about sliding door moments, but keep as many door open as possible and just keep walking, like see whatever opportunities come through and come, come your way. But I think Steph's absolutely right. The more that you do, the more people you will meet and naturally the more opportunities that will come from that. I agree so much with um, both Steph and Izzy. I think timing is so important, but putting yourself out there and just accepting um, every opportunity, the law, there's so many law students out there, but you'll be surprised how small the legal practice is. Um, Victor, how do I decide my rotations and how do I know which team I want to settle in? So it's, it's good to know where you want to go um, and reading up on what a specific area of, of practice area uh, does but also keeping an open mind and say oh maybe this is something that I'm not too familiar with maybe you would ask someone in the firm a colleague or a friend um, to as to what they're doing uh, so I think that's generally been the idea of how I decide my rotations so I believe the intention of the rotations is uh, to one of the intentions anyways, is to let you have a peek into a practice area. You might have, you know, uh, an assumption of or where you want to end up already. But for example, just see it from the point of view as litigation or transactional. Uh, I've always been interested in transactional and I thought I wasn't geared towards litigation, but I found that, you know, I might love transactional, but I don't hate litigation. So I think having an open mind about it is great as well. So I believe at the end of the day, it's to have an open mind and just give your best shot at what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. The other the other thing, the other beauty of the rotations is that you never know where you might rotate through and you never know what skills that you've learnt and how transferable they might be in the future to you. So, you know, say you are like getting to the end of your third rotation and be like, yeah, no, I think I'm more suited towards litigation. That's sort of my thing. And you've done a transactional rotation. All of those skills that you learn in there will make you a better, well-rounded lawyer at the end of the day. So your entire grad year is just this one enormous opportunity to learn as much as you can. And everyone always says that more well-rounded lawyers are better lawyers because you're never going to be sitting in front of a client and they're going to have um they might have issues which have that touch on multiple different areas of law and if you can point them in the right direction and be like look this is my first read but I'm not a specialist in this area I know so and so that's who you can you can point them in the right direction and I think that is the exceptional beauty of doing different rotations in various different areas even if you don't get into uh, a team that you potentially wanted to rotate in or that 
you weren't anticipating, I think it's just such a great opportunity to take as much as you can from it. And with that, Izzy, as a graduate, before we rotate into our teams, we have to number our preferences in a scaling order in which, you know, our first preference is the team we'd like to get into the most. What happens if I don't get my first choice of rotations? Yeah, so I think this is kind of flows on from what I was saying before. You never know what you're going to learn from your rotation and you don't know how your preferences might change. So my preferences that I put in for my first rotation, I was very lucky enough to get my first pick first up. Um, And funnily enough, my last preference for that rotation then became my second preference for my second rotation. So something that went from eighth spot then became second spot for me. And that just shows that you never really know where you might end up. um, And you never really know how much you're going to learn from something or whether your interests change. I decided I really wanted to try a transactional team. And so I changed my preferences in order to kind of facilitate that opportunity. It is difficult if you don't get your first preference. I've been exceptionally lucky over my three rotations. Um, But as I said before, you never know what you can take from each rotation. And I think you just got to approach it with an open mind and just realize that everything that you're doing is benefiting your future self, Um, not only as just an individual, but as a future lawyer, no matter where you end up, everything that you do will be useful. And if you are disappointed with a rotation that you've been provided with, just flip it into a positive. Don't um, don't ruminate on it. Just see how can I make the most of this? I'm building connections with people in an area that I might not necessarily have done that before. I'm expanding my network within the firm. I'm learning about an area that you never know when it might pop up and become really relevant in the future. You might absolutely love it. Like there have been people in the past, like former grads who've done potentially a lower rotation and something that they weren't anticipating they were going to be in and they absolutely loved it and settled there. So you genuinely have no idea uh, how much you might love something. So yeah, open-mindedness is the definitely the theme of, of this chat, I think. <laughs> and I think just echoing on from that, the first week of our induction, we were told by many former managing partners who came to speak with us, be a sponge and just absorb as much information um, that you can that you can possibly get from each rotation. Like Izzy said, you learn something from everything. You are able to interact with different people and see how different people work. And every bit of, like everything that you learn can be taken and used for the rotation that you may really want. I was actually having a a discussion with one of the partners yesterday and he like, again, advise me the same thing have an open mind go into your attitudes really key go into things with a positive attitude and a willingness to learn because you are given such a a a great opportunity to be part of the grad program which not many people do have and a well-rounded lawyer will know will have knowledge in so many different areas that will help give well-rounded advice to a client Thank you both. I think that's really, really helpful to our listeners and keeping an open mind is definitely the theme for the grad program. Changing gears a little bit now, we're going to talk about PLT. So can someone give me an overview of PLT? What is it exactly? How long does it go for? And what do you actually study? And what is the best way to balance your PLT studies with your full-time work? Maybe, Victor, you can start us off. So I just want to take this opportunity to congratulate everyone on completing the PLT. 
so an overview of the PLT. I think it went for approximately eight months, but it was an interesting experience. Uh, it's pretty much just teaching you essential skills that law all lawyers kind of need, especially the ethical obligations. But from memory, I think you have, you know, ethics, you have property, you have uh, commercial law, and um, I think litigation uh, units in them. And they run for a couple of weeks per unit or per subject. And then you have an oral presentation by the end of them. Yeah, and I think following on from that, in terms of um, balancing work and PLT, look, I wouldn't say that it's overly onerous. I think the big thing is just finding the time to do it. Um, so I think there were two approaches in our grad cohort. There were the Sunday afternooners. So the people on a Sunday afternoon who dedicated the uh, couple of hours towards getting their assignments done. And then there were the Monday night scramblers because assignments were due on Mondays at midnight. And so I think they would just stay home from work, um, like keep online and just do their assignments then. Uh, it's very personal approach. I was a Sunday afternoon kind of girl tea in hand plt open that was kind of my approach but you know you just you find what works for you and i i, I think it's as yeah as i said it's not overly onerous it's just you, it's just baby steps you just got to be consistent you've got to hand your assignments in but the beauty of it is that if you hand in an assignment and you haven't quite hit the mark they tell you how to fix it immediately and you just resubmit you can probably do resubmit the next day so don't stress too much to all the future plt humans out there please don't worry about it being uh, this horrendous and enormous task, you will absolutely get there and you're super well supported. Thank you both for that. And changing gears again, moving on to pro bono. As our listeners may be aware, pro bono is a central part of Hall and Wilcox. Izzy, how would one get involved in pro bono as a grad? Yeah, great question, Sean. So one of the beauties of the grad program here is that we are we get involved immediately in pro bono, particularly through Justice Connect. So we do a lot of homeless law, so whether that's fine review or tenancy uh, issues. And I think I got my first matter in the first couple of weeks that I was here and then a second one shortly after. Um, and it's fantastic. You get a matter lawyer on each of those and a supervising partner. And a lot of the matter lawyers that I was on let me kind of run those myself, which was really, really great experience. Um, so there's that avenue down the homeless law um, pathway, but then there's also opportunities within your um, teams. So in my first rotation, I was in CDR and I was really interested in getting involved. And I worked on a coronial inquest. Actually, the hearing was this morning. Um, so there's been opportunities for me to get involved in that sort of thing. I think it's just showing that you're you're really eager. We also have a pro bono team here at Hall and Wilcox and they're an exceptional team and they would be so happy if you started as a grad here and sent them a message and, and was like, how can I get involved? What can I do? Um, there's obviously, it's built in in many ways, which is fantastic. Um, and there are expectations to be involved in pro bono. And I think that's just goes back to the culture of this firm that we wanna actually give back. Um, but in saying that, if you want to do more, you absolutely can. And for those of you who haven't listened, we do have a pro bono episode that went live a couple of weeks ago. So definitely check it out. Um, we're going to circle back to the topic of networking that Steph was uh, discussing previously. Steph, do you have any tips on how to network during your grad year while balancing full-time work and other commitments? 
Yep, so I will say Hall & Wilcox provides so many opportunities to build, to start building your personal brand at networking. There's so many committees that you can get involved in. So I myself started that from my first rotation. And honestly, it's just about having conversations. You are paired up with a buddy throughout your rotations and just asking them questions. Hey, can I, how can I get involved in this? I was involved and I'm still involved in the social committee, the sports committee, footy tipping as well and managing that throughout the firm. And it is a full-on year. It's not just, so there's two parts of the grad program. You've got the work and your rotations, but also the social and the networking side is so important. And that's the beauty of rotating because you get to meet and connect with so many different people, whether or not you settle there, you can still call up someone later on, whether it's now, whether it's five years later and have a chat and ask a question. It's, it makes it that much easier. In terms of balancing that with full-time work, it's achievable. It is. It's a, like I said, it's a full-on year, but it's so much fun. And I think that's what really makes the grad program. Completely agree. And I think Steph, for those who don't know Steph, she is such a yes person. And I think that's just an exemplary way to approach your grad year. You want to be a person that's like, yes, I want to go to that. Count me in 100%. I'll be there. You never know what will pop up. I've been, I've gone to music trivia. I've gone to quizzing events outside the firm internally and externally. Um, women in insolvency events, which I never thought I would have be interested in and there I was performing Incy Wincy Spider to a room of 500 people for extra points you never know what you what you might say yes to but it's just a fantastic opportunity to get involved um, and Steph is so right in saying that there are so many internal opportunities and also external ones throughout your grad year. And I couldn't agree more with what Steph and Izzy have just said. I think the opportunity to network and build your personal brand during your time as a grad can't be overstated. You have this opportunity in and out, whether it's through the firm in and of itself or through your team and rotation that you're in. There are so many opportunities and it really is strongly encouraged to Go out there, get your name across and build up those professional connections. And to finish our final episode, I thought to ask you, Victor, on how someone might get involved with the social and sport committees and other activities of the firm. I think the, view, uh, the listeners might have picked up that, you know, the firm offers a lot of these activities. All you have to do is pretty much just say yes and rock up. That's all you have to do. So in terms of how to get involved, I know it can be quite daunting as a new starter for the firm. Where do I go to? But like I said, like I mentioned earlier, you are given so much direction and I would, you are paired with a buddy, a mentor and a supervising partner and that your buddy is going to be your guide on how to get involved in things like this. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to be a part of the committee and run it. It can just mean attend and there is an invite that goes out when once things are organized if you show up whether that's lawn balls ice skating or any sort of activity like that trivia night as Izzy said um, rock up make some friends talk to different people from different sections if you don't feel comfortable enough to be on the, the committee itself um, if you do like I said speak to your buddy but there's a group chat or anyone from the sports or social committee and there's a group chat we can add it and then there's a yearly meeting where we um, ideas are brought to the table and things are allocated. And just adding to that quickly as well, um, 
depending on your team and your area and who you're working with uh, in and of your, your colleagues, there can also be great involvement there. Here in the Brisbane office, we had the opportunity earlier in the year to participate in the Bridge to Brisbane. Um, and that was a really, really fun Brisbane office initiative here. And then another thing I'd like to share as well is circuit training, where every Wednesday we have been uh, participating and going to a local gym in Brisbane to help build up cardio and go that extra mile, quite literally. Thanks everyone for listening today and to our season of Living the Law Grad Life. As always, please get in touch with us if you have any questions. You can find our details on our website, which is hallandwilcox.com.au or connect with us on LinkedIn. If you enjoyed today's episode, then rate, review or follow our podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next year with more episodes, so stay tuned. This podcast is not legal advice and should not be relied upon as such. You should always obtain legal advice about your specific circumstances.